welcome to the show. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. I am your host, Stephanie. And Carla. Yes, indeed. And this is a very special show because uh, Mark has gone away. He's on a day off. Uh, usually you hear Mark in the first chair now that Ian has been uh, incarcerated, unfortunately. And this is day number 50. Oh, 54, 5 or so, I'm losing track, yeah, but it's getting up there, so Ian should be out soon, and we're looking forward to that, but in the meantime, I'm holding down the fort, and Carla, you know, for our radio listeners, and maybe those who aren't familiar, we used to do a kind of spin-off show of Free Talk Live together called She Talk Live, didn't we? That's right, yes, and it was a lot of fun, and it's great to be back. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to have you back tonight, so thanks a lot for coming in. And also for our listeners who are not familiar, uh, we should just introduce Carla. She is the uh, president of the Free State Project, and she's also a, an author, um, a, a very active lady, I would say. Is there anything <laughs> you, you want to promote in particular tonight? Uh, not really. You know, I'm, I'm a busy girl, so, you know, yeah, Free State Project keeps me busy. Mm-hmm. Um, my day job, I do some writing, and I work for the New Hampshire Writers Project. Mm-hmm. We have some... Uh, poetry stuff coming up in case any of our listeners are interested in poetry. I can make some horrible puns, but I think I stopped short of being a poet, so <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm just going to hang back on that one. But, uh, but yes, Carla is, as I was saying, Carla is the president of the Free State Project. But tonight is her night off. That's so right. we are not going to be talking about Free State Project. Yay! <laughs> but please, if you would like to weigh in with your thoughts, we have a lot of other interesting stuff to discuss, including uh, the first ever in the, in the U.S. Um, surveillance blimp. Oh, sounded interesting to me. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that. Maybe a little bit about uh, J.P. Morgan Chase donating $4.6 million to the uh, NYPD yeah. yeah, to buy them surveillance stuff so that they could spy on the protesters and um, keep the so-called law and order. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but in the meantime, you are always welcome to call in, into the show and take control of the airwaves. And you can do so by calling uh, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. And I have just turned on the studio cam, so if you would like to see us, lovely ladies, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com and watch us do the show as we sit here and talk about uh, this surveillance blimp. Let's just jump right into it. Sure, what do you sure. think about that? So it's, it's the surveillance blimp, sort of the opposite of the Ron Paul blimp? I think so, yeah. It would be the anti-freedom type of blimp. Sure. There's different varieties. There's some that, that crash and burn, right? There's some that have red <laughs> in them, red zeppelins, and you know, there are <laughs> some that are freedom, pro-freedom and some are anti-freedom. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Ogden, Utah, police, first in nation to use surveillance blimp, and this is from the activistpost.com. A patrol car fitted with all of the police extras costs $40,000. A surveillance blimp will cost well below that, possibly as low as 15000 After that, it is $100 a week to keep it filled with helium and charge its electric batteries. <laughs> and uh, if you look at this article, there's a picture of a blimp that says police on the side. Wow. And uh, yeah, it kind of surprises me that it's cheaper than an actual uh police car, a patrol car. It says it's about $15,000 to run this blimp, plus $100 a week maintenance, and certainly more flammable than a police car. Uh, yes, yes it is, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I hope everybody stays safe. I don't know if there's going to be people in the blimp. I guess the point of it is so they don't have to have people, right? Sure. You could just have a camera, 
and keep an eye on what's going on. But could you imagine if you saw a blimp floating overhead with the word police on the side? And I mean, I don't <laughs> even know what I would think. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's a, it's a little scary. What are they going to do next? Get homing pigeons to yeah. watch us? Yeah, exactly. It's It really is reminiscent of the whole Big Brother idea. Sure. Right? That someone's watching over you at all times and... Uh, you know what it also reminds me of? Have you ever been driving, Carla, and seen on the road there are signs that say these uh, the speed is monitored by airborne yes. aircraft or something? Yes, like radar aircraft or yep. yeah, yep. And you know what do they do? I mean, if they see if they catch you speeding on radar, do they radio down to a cop car that's waiting on the sidelines, or do they land the plane in the middle of the highway and demand that you stop or? <laughs> I, see, I, I mean, I would love to see the latter happen. I'm not sure. You know, I always see those signs and I wonder the sort of same thing. And mm-hmm. it's one of those instances where you can just let your creativity and your imagination flow because, yeah, really, I, I think the sign is just there to scare you or to, you know, sort of force your obedience by, by having the sign up. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, once you think about it and sort of start to deconstruct and say, well, really, there's going to be an aircraft hovering above this highway in particular at all times of the day and night, and how does it actually monitor the speed anyway, and what are they going to do about it if someone's speeding I mean, is, miles it, an is hour there a everything? pilot up there with a radar gun and someone else yeah. is issuing the tickets and they must be taking photos to get your license plate number and that needs to be processed? I mean, I honestly think, I, I, I don't know and if we have any listeners who've ever gotten a ticket from a aircraft. Yeah, maybe they could call in yeah. at, at uh, 855 free and let us know their stories about airborne uh, uh, speed enforcement, I guess you could say. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just, I think this is one of these things that's meant to keep people in a perpetual state of fear, and it ties back to the blimp as well, you know. Um, uh, I, I've... Living in New Hampshire, I have to say, it's much better for these kind of things. I haven't seen any signs in New Hampshire that say that the speed is enforced by aerial aircraft. I have seen it in a few places in New Hampshire, but it's not very typical. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know in downtown Manchester, they have these sort of annoying street signs where it's um, it's not necessarily aircraft radars, but it's um, smile for the camera, mm-hmm. you're being watched, you know, Ooh. with the, the red light sort of camera stuff yeah um, and the the greatest irony is that uh police and government officials can record you at any time and then use that as evidence against you if they want to prosecute you for something speeding or whatever sure but uh you are you know they don't look favorably upon people recording them and being transparent about what they're doing with their publicly funded uh activities there no and in fact i mean there was a great decision and i'm sure you guys have talked about this on air before but there was that great decision that came out of um, the first district Mm -hmm. out of boston um so it was a federal decision where uh the guy's name was glick Uh and yeah you know and and yeah and they came out and they said well no actually you do have a constitutional right oh duh (laughs) to you know record public officials in public yeah it's called freedom of the press and of course nowadays it's even easier for anyone to have a blog or a youtube channel and i certainly think that counts as them being a journalist don't you sure and actually the glick decision said uh regardless of whether you are a journalist or not yeah it's you're right as a citizen. So it was fairly broad. And I sort of like the idea of saying, you know, um, uh, Judge Napolitano, he's a, a commentator on Fox News, and he, you know, he talks about the camera being the new gun. Yeah. And, um, and I, I don't really love... like that metaphor as much, but uh, I have to say that it's, it's, 
it's similar in terms of its accountability, I guess. You know. Well, you know, and I think um, it's more just I, th- I think he's thinking of it in terms of language where it's, you know, point, shoot, and that kind of thing. And so uh-huh. that's what I like about the Glick decision is, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can say point, Glick. Oh, <laughs> point, Glick, shoot, you know, and it's all just with oh, the camera. Oh, that's really cute. I love it. Well, you know, we were talking about air surveillance a little bit earlier, and I think we actually have a call on the line from Kevin in Michigan who would like to give us a little bit more information about how air surveillance works. Is that you, Kevin? Yes. Hi. How are you? Great. What's on your mind about air surveillance? I'm kind of curious well, to hear air, about this. Air surveillance, if they have the budget and the weather to fly, uh, they'll fly over the highway. And there are markings you can see on the side of the road in that area. And uh, what they do is they time cars. They travel from mark to mark. Uh-huh. It's not a radar gun. It's a matter of physics and timing. So they just okay. time if you go between a mile a minute, it's 60 miles an hour at one, one mile. So, they so and, how, and how do they capture, like, how do they track each car? Do they uh, take a it's picture of it? It's in conjunction with ground-based police officers. Huh. So okay. they'll give a description of your car, the location, where you're at from the air and then the, then the officers on the ground, it's basically a, an entrapment zone. Yeah. They work at a designated area. Yeah. So w- would you say, I mean, how much would you think an operation like this would cost? So let's say Good you're question. speeding, you know, five miles over the speed limit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wonder how much that would cost to run a full plane over the highway. <laughs> and I'm also kind of curious about some of these weather conditions. But, Kevin, hold on. We're going to hold you over because uh, I'm kind of interested in this. Maybe you can enlighten us a little bit more. Stick on the line with us. This is Free Talk Live. And if you have thoughts on anything that we've discussed before, you can call us 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Check us out on the web at freetalklive.com. We've got all kinds of features there. There's no other talk radio show that does a live show on Sunday nights and gives you all the archives for free going back to, like, 2006 or some crazy, ridiculous uh, date like that. There's at least a year's worth of archives posted on the site right now at archives.freetalklive.com. And while you're there, check out all the other cool features. Free Talk Live is a very extensive website. And uh, I am your host, Stephanie, tonight. And I'm Carla. Yes, indeed. And thank you for being here with me, Carla. We're already having a great time and learning a little bit about how some big brotherish technologies work. And before the break, we were talking to Kevin in Michigan, and um, he was telling us a little bit more about how these things work. So, Kevin, are you still with us? Yes. Hi. So, okay, I'm confused about something. How much do you think that these surveillance planes that say, you know, speed monitored by aerial planes or whatever, how much do you think they cost to run? Well, you know, typically you're going to have a group of officers involved. No one's working alone. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have a main, you have to maintain an aircraft. That's pretty uh, 
silly use of an aircraft dedicated to traffic control like that. It's it's definitely a, it's not a um, not a real revenue maker for any any municipality that has that. That's and for sure. Did you say that there are certain weather restrictions? So, like, basically, you could oh, get sure. away with it's, speeding it's, in the rain. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's bumpy out, basically, if you see puffy clouds, it's very bumpy out there, and yeah. it's a very rough ride, and it's very windy. It's just dangerous days. These are light aircraft; they don't handle uh, adverse weather adversity very well. So yeah. if it's a night nice day and the cops want to go for a fly and they'll set up an operation for the day and they'll coordinate an area that they're going to work and they'll probably have about eight officers involved, a couple in the plane, horsing around, you know, eating donuts, drinking yeah, coffee, it's, flying it's, airplanes. It's the life. I'll tell you, you know, it's, a, it's a good life. On the beach, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, so, so Kevin, have you ever encountered one of these? Have you had been pulled over by one or had experience? Do they have these I signs in the area? I have got crap in one, but I know that they're there, and I know police officers, and that's just really how it works, uh, basically. Yeah, they um, do love to really. get these really expensive toys, basically, and then play with them. And unfortunately, you know, we see this a lot with the SWAT teams. You know, they get these... Uh, equipment that they're funded by the Department of Homeland Security, and in fact, yeah, I, I, somehow, uh, somehow a jet ski makes us safe. I don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the desert. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty impressive, and Actually, you know that's why. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, my hairdresser was telling me the other day she's she's from Vermont, and her brother is a, a statey in Vermont, uh-huh. and he has just gone on a two-week pilot training course. Oh in boy. Vermont because basically because they have um you know, Department of Homeland Security money that they need to burn through. So these stadies, you know, the guys with the cockroach cars just sitting like bandits next to the highway mm-hmm. are now going up in airplanes so that they can survey the land. I have I have a classic homeland security story. Uh, in Lapeer County, Michigan, we had received tons, every municipality uh, received tons of Homeland Security money after 9-11. They were just spending money like crazy. So the state, so we had Homeland, we had, we have Homeland Safety Day every year. And they all brought, all the municipalities brought their toys, okay, to the county courthouse and lined them up and had a fair so we could see the toys, right? And somehow wow. a camping trailer is is a mobile base now, and and the local municipality one of these little small hamlets, those volunteer firemen, they got a little uh, uh, command center. Well, while they're there, I notice I'm looking out the window and I see smoke growing out of it and caught on fire. What now? Yeah, and then then the state police has have a million dollar Winnebago with a 60 inch plasma screen TV on the outside. Every communication device known to man. I went in it and I looked around and talked to sergeant, the sergeant in the vehicle, and I asked him, "Well, how does this work? How does that work?" And nothing in it really worked. Okay. And then I asked him how, how wow. special the tires were, and he goes, "Well, special about the tires?" I says, "Well, yeah. What kind of tires are these? Are there something special about them, or just regular old tires?" And he goes, "Well, I think they're just regular tires." So, so I can go out. Top one of your tires right now on the million dollar command center is kaput, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's and he says, Well, yeah, I guess so. And I says, I don't even know where the stair is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so wow. this is pretty much you guys take this vehicle up north on a stress weekend and they call them stress weekends where local cops or local station will get all the guys together, head up north, get drunk like crazy and shoot guns and just have a good time. That really is really threat. dangerous from so, a perspective so, of firearm safety. You know, well, we should actually, never no, be handling. 
I know, I know Felicia got shot on those weekends by accident, uh, multiple. Wow. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I would never yeah. wish that on anyone, you know, even if they were maybe being less than responsible with their gun safety. I just, I just hope that maybe people will hear this and just choose not to choose to use firearms and alcohol responsibly so kevin well, thank you thank you very much for the call freedom and, and vote for ron paul this this coming uh, election That's what there I you go kevin thanks for the call and thanks for that story that was really interesting wow so yeah they have these million dollar security centers and they don't even know where the spare tire is no. i mean it really just shows how the waste of money and how it's such a a uh uh, what is it, the word farce? Like it's it's just like they're pretending security theater yeah. right? is sort of the term for it. And, yeah. you know, I've been kicking around this idea that um, because we, within the, you know, the economy and sort of the monetary system and the way that things work right now, um, I, you know, we know that there's a lot of money that's going into Homeland Security, going into FEMA, going into, you know, these organizations that are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. In fact, the Wall Street Journal, which, you know, I like to call the War Street Journal, right. yeah. um, <laughs> has uh, did an extensive article maybe six months or so ago about sort of the surveillance slash security yeah. apparatus that's that's grown in America. And it's... I, I sort of wonder with, with the bailout money and the, you know, the, all this money that they sort of printed, the ones and zeros, yep. that has to go somewhere. And we know it's not actually going into the real economy. It's not going into right. people voluntarily trading with each other. And I think it's what, what we're going to see, and we're seeing it, and we're going to see more and more and more of it, is that money is being pushed into this, and we're going to see an acceleration of the, the police, police state. state. Yeah. At, um, yeah, I have to agree, Carla. And, and actually, I saw just to talk about the kind of economics and the the seen and the unseen, right? Is uh, is mm-hmm. a concept that's discussed a lot, which is that if the government so-called injects money into the economy by basically creating dollars that aren't necessarily indicative of value being created, right? They they create these ones and zeros, or they print paper money, um, and and they put it into the economy. Well. People might see especially government jobs being created, like federal government jobs, yep. uh, but they don't see what could have been done with that value instead because in order to do that, to create those government jobs, they really have to take from everybody else, yep. and it, it, it diverts resources into projects that may not be very productive, right, and that may not be really what uh, people need and want. Sure, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm a creative person, and and I often think about that as I think, um, I believe, you know, not everyone has to agree with me, but creativity, great movies, great novels, uh, great nonfiction give us such a pleasurable environment to live in. Would you rather have the balloon watching you from afar or <laughs> be doing awesome stuff on the ground? Or be leaving people alone to spend their money as they choose? Because we're not saying the government should subsidize uh, arts or anything. We're just saying that... You should be able to decide how to spend your money. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. More coming up when we return. We're going to talk about Facebook. Free Talk Live, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Stephanie. And this is Carla. Yeah, and we want to thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. 
Check us out on the web at freetalklive.com. As always, you can also go to m.freetalklive.com to access the mobile streams and all kinds of features from your cell phone and find all kinds of ways to get the show there. And, of course, if you have thoughts on anything that we've discussed tonight, I think the show is shaping up to have sort of a Big Brother theme tonight, isn't it? We are talking about surveillance. We talked about a surveillance blimp and those creepy planes that fly over the highways and try to catch people speeding. Right, Carla? Yep. (laughs) So, and now we have another thing that we would like to discuss. Um, It's about Facebook, but, of course, if you have thoughts, you can call in at uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is, of course, the show where you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. So we will look forward to hearing from you. And uh, this is an interesting story, too, from the DailyMail.co.uk. And I think it's interesting. um, You know, Facebook is the second most popular site on the Internet, right? So it's second only to Google, I think, right? Yeah. And... uh, Everybody's on Facebook, even some people that I thought would never get on Facebook are on it. <laughs> and uh, as such, it's an enormously powerful entity, right? And they have access to people's uh, personal information, or at least whatever people choose to give up to them as their personal information. You know, they can tell your birthday if you give it to them, your gender, who you're interested in. And they do target ads towards people based on the information that they provide. I'm constantly amused by the ads I get. I mean, I think my brain just filters in a way where I don't notice it 99% of the time. And then once in a while, I'll be like, really? That's that's who you think I am. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like... Well, I have my religious beliefs listed as atheist, but it still sends me all these Christian ads all the time. And so <laughs> I, it may not be very good at targeting ads, but it still attempts to do so. And so, uh, you know, some of them have actually been quite creepy. You know, I think, it, I think it'll also target based on pages that you like or whatever. Right. And so if you liked, um, I don't know... The, certain books or whatever it'll say it'll say like from the publisher of this book that you like there's another book you know so regardless of that you know I, one of the most creepy things about facebook is that they are constantly changing their privacy settings and so yes. it's really difficult to keep up with that if you don't log in for a while suddenly you'll come in and uh well let me just get into this article because it, it talks about some of the things that we're about to discuss from the dailymail.co.uk the headline is, we didn't mean to track you, says Facebook as social network what? giant admits to bugs in new privacy row. And a row in, in British is like a fight, you know, so they're not talking about like frat row. Oh, fighting. it's a row. A row, excuse me. A row. Me. <laughs> you row a boat and you have a row. I've learned something new tonight. <laughs> Actually, several new things, because Kevin was telling us about the surveillance things, too. <laughs> anyway, so the article says, Facebook has admitted that it has been watching the web pages its members visit, even when they have logged out. In its latest privacy blunder, because, of course, they have many, <laughs> many privacy blunders, the social networking site was forced to confirm that it has constantly been tracking its 750 million users, even when they're using other sites. The social networking giant says the huge privacy breach was simply a mistake. That software automatically downloaded to users' computers when they logged into Facebook, quote, inadvertently sent information to the company, whether or not they were logged in at the time. Most would would assume that Facebook stops monitoring them after they leave its site, reasonable assumption, (laughs) but technology bloggers discovered that this was not the case. And Mm. the article goes on to say some really interesting stuff about how it was actually some guy with a tech blog that found this out in the first place. Basically, 
Facebook, uh, this is what I understand because I'm not the most um, technologically, when it comes to computers at least, I'm, I'm interested in different kinds of technology, but I'm not the most computer savvy person, but as I understand, it puts a cookie on your computer, which sure. is like a little file, and, and the cookie uh, will monitor your browsing history, and then, can, then it can send uh, it back to Facebook. So, yeah, kind of creepy. And, it, you know, they, they said, oh, oops, it's just a mistake, but I think there are people who are skeptical of that. You know, you know it's so hard to decide because in some ways, I mean, I half jokingly say sometimes, I'm like, you know, we put the I in, you know, everyone talks about Facebook as FB. It's sort of the shorthand for yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, someone's putting the I, that's all of us, using it in FB. So we have the FBI. Mm-hmm. And not to be, you know, overly paranoid. But on the other hand, I'm married to a techie. Yep. And I know that, you know, often with software, it's like they're focusing on this problem and doing this. And some things just inadvertently do happen uh-huh. yeah, so sort of, you know trying to find that balance between and I'm not well there's another point here and you know there are some people who really uh, say that Facebook has uh, malintentions I guess you could say a lot of people say that they mine your personal data and that's yep. how they stay free of course uh, but it, in this article it says something interesting Facebook uh, was forced into a partial climb down over changes to privacy settings which they claimed made too much public, but it also came under attack from launching a, quote, stalker button, which allowed users to track another person's every move in a list which was constantly being updated. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I've heard there's like a new vernacular, like, oh, this person is fa- Facebook creeping me or Facebook yeah. stalking mm-hmm. me, right? When they go look at all of your pictures and they click like on every single one. Oh, wow. Or they go down your wall and they like every single wall post that you've made in the last month or whatever. <laughs> But at the same time, my, I know my stalkers are a little subtler. Not uh, much, but not a little. little. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat, so I, I only have people who I've actually interacted with in some manner, whether it's online or in person, sure. uh, just to kind of keep the spam to a minimum. But, uh, you know, there's another side to this coin. I, I kind of almost feel like in this day and age, um, it's almost impossible to be anonymous or private, and it takes work to get privacy, right? And if you're not willing to work to be private, I don't think you should expect to have privacy. I actually fully agree, and in some ways, I, 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 this sort of relates, but I remember when I moved out to New Hampshire, I was talking to Matt Simon, who used to work on a lot of the medicinal marijuana sort of normal stuff, and I had said to him, you know, this is an uh, issue I'm interested in, but I'm concerned, you know, if you sort of come out and you say, you know, I, I you know, hey, I smoke pot. Mm-hmm. I, you know, think people should be able to do what they want with their bodies. They own their, you know, and I said to him, you know, as an ex-lawyer, I was like, well, I'm really worried about sort of coming out of the closet. Yeah. And he said, you know, well, if you do, they won't come after you. And in some ways with the privacy issue and stuff, I've sort of flipped for a while. I was like, oh, what should I do? You know, should I friend these people who are trying to friend me? Uh-huh. How, you know, and eventually I was like, you know what? I don't know. Like, I, I just, you know, I'm, because I'm fairly open, open. Openness can protect you as well. Exactly. That's the point. And that's sort of the, the approach I've decided to take is just to mm-hmm. say, you know what? I have nothing to hide. I am a good person. My values are are impeccable. Yes. I believe in nonviolence. I yep. no, and so I'm like, you know, I don't think, you know, I have to be scared of either the stalkers, the lurkers, the the I and the FBI, yeah. the you know, the I <laughs> right. and the CIA, whatever. You know, it's just like, 
um, we, you know, we're human beings, and if we're talking about creating a more voluntary society, I think open information is one of the tenets of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that, you know, if, if, especially if we advocate it for other people, if we advocate it for government people, that they should be transparent, then, you know, what do we have to hide applies to us as well. Sure, yeah. and, and, I mean, there is a difference there in the sense that, um, the government obviously is taking uh, money by coercion and force, yeah. so that's a little different. So right, people right. are free to sort of, I think, choose or decide what level of privacy they're comfortable with. If I was Facebook, I don't know, I might write, or if I was someone, maybe write an app where you're like, you know, I'm a green light person, anything can go anywhere, or I'm sort of like <laughs> a, you know, amber, or I'm a red, mm-hmm. and, you know, they could just really, as you know, make it easier for their consumers. Yeah. But in the end, Facebook, you know, you get what you pay for, and you <laughs> ain't paying nothing. Well, you also ain't paying nothing for Google+, and I've been enjoying that so far a lot, you know, lots of contacts on there, and you can target you can organize people on your contact list in Google+, which is like a new social networking thing, into circles and only share certain things with certain circles. Yeah, so, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's great. And it also has this hangout feature where you can basically do a virtual hangout with your friends. So useful stuff. Let us know what you think about privacy, Facebook, social networking. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up when we return. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. I am Stephanie. And Carla. Yes, indeed. And we are so happy to have you listening to our show. Always call in with your thoughts at... 855-450-3733. We've covered some interesting ground tonight, kind of talking about Big Brother, the police state, the surveillance state, and uh, private means surveillance, Facebook, at least ostensibly private, right? And uh, we actually had a call from Ben on the line in New Mexico, and I think he would like to discuss Facebook with us. Ben, are you with us? Yeah, hi. Hi, Ben. We got some, some strange feedback. Can you turn down your radio? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no problem. Uh, what was on your mind tonight? Uh, Facebook is a great thing, but the main concern is they don't have anybody on the other end. They can answer your phone calls. They have just the facts, and they need to have people to help people out if they have a problem. Did you have a problem with Facebook? Your audio quality is a little bit spotty, so we may have to let you go, Ben, but uh, 
actually, Ben, yeah, I think the auto quality is kind of poor. So if, if you get a better connection, feel free to call back, Ben. Uh, we do appreciate the call. Sorry about that. We had to let you go. But uh, he said that, you know, he was looking for some technical help, I guess, on Facebook, if he didn't understand what was going on or had a problem. I, I, I wasn't 100% sure. It sounded to me like he was looking for a screener on LRN. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, Ben, you're welcome to call back once you get into a better cell if you would like to uh, let us know what was going on there. But uh, I don't know. What, so we've basically covered our opinions on Facebook. Um, I'm not, oh, I, we haven't covered that. No, okay, <laughs> is that more to say? <laughs> no, you know, I just, I, I, I am fascinated by what Facebook has sort of become and just this idea of using um, social media in a way that, you know, we've seen with the Occupy Wall Street, yeah. Wall Street. There's been live stream. Um, well, I think it really, especially in the case of the Wall Street protests, which, by the way, have really blown up uh, as, as of yesterday. Sure. Right? There were thousands of people. There were mass arrests on the Brooklyn Bridge when people protested in the middle of the street in the Brooklyn Bridge. And several reporters got swept up and arrested by the NYPD as well. And we do have actually a story about Chase Bank uh, donating $4.6 million to the NYPD for purposes of security monitoring uh, so-called of these protesters but you know before all the live streaming was going on and people could actually get on these cameras and watch what was going on right in New York right in front of their eyes uh, you know the internet makes that possible technology makes that possible and there were news outlets that were reporting uh, much lower figures I guess of people who were protesting than could be observed on the cameras and so I think that technology well it can be used for evil or nefarious purposes it also sets us free and the answer to bad technology as i see it is always more technology right yes. and, and and i mean that's absolutely right in in some sense we're at that tipping point where you know technology can be used for good or for evil you know i mm-hmm. think of the drones and i think of all the um, I think there was a cracked article um, that I read a few few weeks ago where they just talked about all these um, military things that they're building. Um, so once again, we get back to the economic thing right. where all this money is going. Well, do you notice, by the, the way, when technology is used for nefarious purposes, it's usually the military? Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, and, and, and then, you know, the naysayers will say, well, we wouldn't have had the Internet if DARPA and the military and Al Gore, God bless his soul, had not funded it, which, right. of course, we know is not true. Um, yeah. The, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that... Uh, you know, knowledge gets to a point, and knowledge is decentralized. A lot of people have it, right? Or, well, usually a lot of people have it. Um, knowledge gets to a point where certain technologies are possible and are natural outgrowths of the tech, of the knowledge that exists, right, in the yeah. world. And it always builds off of other people's work in the past. And so to say that the Internet never would have been invented right. if, if DARPA hadn't been around is ludicrous because it would have. Sure. I mean, the one thing I do sometimes struggle with and... Um, you know, feel free to call in and, and to weigh in on this um, if you're listening, but is the whole idea of the unlimited resources that go to the government to do some of these things. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is, you know, they they take money that would have been used productively within the private sector and um, expend way more money than a private company might have done uh-huh. to develop a product. Because yes. if you're a private company... Think and NASA versus Spaceship One. Right? Sure, sure. And, uh, but, but there's both... Uh, there's a conflict there because uh, there's both NASA that just 
you know, expends vast amount of money uh-huh. um, inefficiently. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they also did put a man on the moon and a monkey in space and all of that. Well, you Carla, know. there's some people who say they didn't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing with you. I don't believe that. It's very scary. You know, and, um, and so there is that sort of, that's one thing I haven't been entirely able to sort of reconcile in my mind yet is uh-huh. that idea of are there things that, and unfortunately, most of the things that have been developed are just, you know, they're not positive things. They don't really make the world a better place. So, sure, you've spent a million, billion, trillion dollars on coming up with some radio wave satellite that dish makes that people burn feel like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm exactly. like, wow, you know, if we were expending that kind of energy, we could have burning men every day, everywhere, <laughs> and the right kind of burning men. Yikes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I agree with you about the waste of, of money that it is always inherent in any government program. They're always wasteful. They're always, uh, they don't have the, the market mechanisms, you know, the people telling uh, the company what they want, people spending their money in certain ways. They don't have those ways of directing their efforts toward the most productive use that the most people want and need, right? And so it's always going to be inefficient when the government undertakes some technology development endeavor. Sure, but I guess where what, what I'm trying to say and where the tension comes in for me is the idea of what if having these sort of unlimited resources that have also allowed certain things to develop where a company would have gone bankrupt uh-huh. before the time. Yeah, so... You know, and it's just one of those curious things that it always takes me back to, say, Walter Block and the roads, right? Mm -hmm. So if we talk about the roads and we say in an entirely voluntary society, how would roads have worked? Well, there were roads before government roads, right? There were um, all different kinds of, I mean, people would get together with their neighbors and build uh, paths and roads. And I think there were even roads that basically businesses would build to get people to be able to come to their place of business more easily, right? So there are lots of different solutions. Sure, but but the idea of the highways uh-huh. and sort of and and who knows? I don't think necessarily the highways were a great thing. I mean, uh-huh. we're we're in all these wars in the Middle East, um, ostensibly as far as I can tell, for oil. Ultimately, it's a uh, it's a war for resources. Yeah, and um. You know, in the old days, we used to have railroads, and, you know, here in New Hampshire, they had a a bunch of stations, and they would have 130 trains that would go through, you know, White River Junction up in Vermont. Yep. And now they have two trains a day that go through there. So who knows? But, you know, you But I think there, there is a certain element, too, of the government kind of holding back progress. I mean, I wonder if, if the highways were not government highways, if they would have much improve safety features like if they would be heated underneath so that they the ice wouldn't accumulate if they would have traction that's better you know and maybe we'd even have solid tires that couldn't pop or if there weren't so many regulations on them sure and i think all of those things and and i think all of those things would exist in the free market however i'm not sure in a truly free market that highways would ever have existed Mm -hmm. because how would you have built them without eminent domain (laughs) <laughs> how, how would you, because, you know, well, the third are. guy on the farm would be like, oh, you want to build a really big highway going from here to there? So, uh, yeah, I want a trillion dollars, you know? Yeah, well, you could always take the highway in a different direction around his farm, or you could build above the farm, I guess you could say. You go underneath it, build a tunnel, I don't know. Um, 
I think there are bound to be some creative solutions, and maybe our listeners could call in with some more at 855-450-FREE. But we do have a call coming on the uh, on the Free Talk Live line from T-Bear in the Shire. T-Bear wants to talk about Occupy Wall Street. Are you there, T-Bear? Oh, hi, this is uh, Jason Talley. How's it going? <laughs> hi, Jason. <laughs> Jason is a co-host of Free Talk Live on Friday nights and uh, has been... <laughs> I, I, I guess T-Bear is your nickname, right, Jason? Yeah, you know, given to me on Free Talk Live by, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> and misunderstood what the caller uh, who was calling me Jason Talley. They kind of slur together, I guess. It was like T Bear. How do you how do you get T Bear from Talley? Or anyway, what was on your mind tonight, Jason? <laughs> so, so there are some folks from the Shire that uh, are seriously considering going to Occupy Wall Street. Uh, and I was wondering what you two ladies uh, thought about areas where we can find solidarity, um, hmm. things that things that you like or dislike about uh, what's going on off my wall. That's a wonderful question. And uh, Jason, if you'd hold the line with us, we will certainly discuss that more when we return. Meantime, if you have thoughts on Occupy Wall Street or anything else that's on your mind, you can always call us 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live, and more coming up about... When the power goes out for any length of time, you've got problems, starting with food that's going bad, even in the freezer. No communications, living by candlelight or flashlight, it's a bad place to be. The solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 Solar Generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators, any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. FreeTalkLiveSolar.com Welcome back to Free Talk Live. We are kicking off hour two, and I'm so excited to be here. I'm Stephanie and Carla. Yes, indeed, and we're happy to be your host tonight. Check us out at freetalklive.com. And if you want to help out the show, you can always feel welcome to enter Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of each sale. It doesn't affect your purchase price, but it is a way to easily help out the show. So please consider that. And, of course, Free Talk Live is a show where you can take over and bring up whatever's on your mind. So please call us, 855-450-3733, if you would like to discuss anything uh, that we've been talking about tonight or bring up a completely different subject. We do have some calls on the line. Uh, in the last segment, we were talking with, um, well, it's Jason Talley, but now he's listed as Homer Simpson in the <laughs> And he was asking some stuff about uh some free staters, right, some free state project participants, people who are liberty activists in New Hampshire, planning a trip to the Occupy Wall Street protests in New York City and talking about, you know, kind of brainstorming about what kind of outreach they could do to uh, spread the message of liberty to the Wall Street protesters, right, Jason? 
Exactly. And uh, I'm going to take control of the airwaves. And uh, <laughs> I have Stephanie and Carla tonight, and you're, you're both uh, highly intelligent, and I respect your opinions a lot. So Thank I'm you. curious about how we can be most effective uh, at Occupy Wall Street. Well, I, you know, I, I thought it was interesting before the break that you actually used the term solidarity because I'm like, okay, you know what, you're probably on the right track in terms yeah. of speaking to them in a language that they might understand. Yeah, because solidarity is a term that's historically been, I guess, associated kind of with, like, labor movements and that kind of thing. And But, I, I mean, I like it. It's basically just standing together, right? Sure. Why sure. we have common ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've heard so many different messages coming out of the Occupy Wall Street protests, ranging from kind of, uh, I don't want to be a debt slave, as Carla was mentioning before the show, to end the Fed, you know, some liberty-oriented things like uh, we want control back over our money and why do these big banks get bailouts, down to kind of like populist sentiments, I guess, that talk about kind of class warfare and that kind of thing. And, you know, there have been a lot of unions, actually, that have been supporting this. I mean, the the airline unions, in fact, when I saw the photo on Facebook, of course, um, a couple of days ago where the airline uh, union came out Mm -hmm. and they were all, you know, sort of suited and tied in their pilot uniforms with their little caps and they all had, you know, signs that looked exactly the same. Yeah. I initially, I thought it was an onion photo really from the onion i was like oh this is hilarious and then i was like oh wait this is actually real Uh and for me you know occupy wall street is about just everyone who for lack of a better term is disenfranchised at this stage you know they they throw around 99 percent. they have this idea of of the 99 percent who is basically feeding the one percent of like what wealthy bankers or politically connected bankers i would say is probably more accurate because You know, when people talk about capitalism, I think often they they are talking about mercantilism or crony capitalism. Sure. The businesses that get basically in bed with politicians and use their political connections to get favors from the government. And so, and I certainly don't support that, um, you know, and, and oftentimes that's what people mean when they talk about capitalism. Now, there are some people who understand the word capitalism to be meant in kind of the Ayn Rand sense where Mm -hmm. they're talking about more like free enterprise and the ability to run a business unfettered by the government. So I think that could be kind of a loaded word that maybe would be good to steer away from. But there's there's certainly a lot of, I call it libertarian, right? Have you ever heard that word before? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Libertarian means kind of... uh, Liberty-oriented, but caring about social issues, talking about things like mutual aid, which actually I just gave a talk about at the Agora ION conference. Um, things agorism. like agorism. Yep, agorism for sure, or agorism, which is basically uh, you know revolutionary um, doing business without asking the government's permission. And um, what else would you say falls under that category, Carla? Kind of left libertarian stuff. And I know that those words are both kind of a little bit polarizing, but I'm, I'm thinking of stuff that's liberty-oriented, but also uh, sort of socially progressive, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, issues that spring to mind. In some ways, I think when you talk to people about liberty issues, regardless you know, whether they're left or right, I see it as an issue of choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you frame things to people, in some ways, I, you know, I, I always feel like, obviously, this is a loaded issue or a word in America, 
you know, choice because you're either pro-choice or pro-life, or and whatever. that would be in reference to abortion, right? Right. But it's not. But but you I don't, don't mean, mean it. I don't mean it that way at all. In fact, I think that if we framed a lot of what we believe in a way where we just it's it's the live and let live philosophy, really, yep. just framed in a way of choice, and so that might be one way to get in there. Um, I think, you know, I think it's a, to be honest, Jason, I mean, it's a big challenge. I don't know if you saw the clip um, that Adam Kakesh of Adam and the Man did. Um, Adam versus the Man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Um, and for our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, Jason, can you give us a brief summary of that? Well, so uh, Adam went around to Occupy D.C., and he talks to uh, one man in particular who's, like, wearing an ascot or something and talking about, um, you know how he's disenfranchised, but he wants uh, you know more government, of course. Uh-huh. Um, and and you know it was kind of a sparse crowd. He, he mm-hmm. was essentially just showing it for what it was, and it was, it was quite humorous. But right. that's what I want to go to um, Wall Street because I just want to have conversations with people. I, I'm not yeah. satisfied with the way um, it's being covered in uh, in a lot of other media sources. And you have your own so, website, uh, which is tally.tv, and so you can sort of show, depict things as more realistically if, you, if you'd if you like. But, um, you know, I think that, that you touched on an important point, Jason, and that is that so many people who identify maybe as left-leaning or liberals, I think that uh, oftentimes their hearts are really in the right place. You know, they care about people helping one another. They're compassionate people. They, uh, they want... Uh, society to progress to a point where people are treated equally and um, everybody has the same opportunities right but i think that they can be a little bit mistaken about the means sometimes which is that they think the government is capable of achieving these means and sometimes if you can expose them to that message it it can have a really big effect and and maybe another way uh, another in and this is a subject we're all familiar with but to really explore with the people what crony capitalism is Mm. because i i do think that there's a way with the left that you can explain the the monopoly on violence and the monopoly of government plus corporations you know most of these people look at corporations and they think corporation is the big bad but it's like corporations only exist as the big bad because governments give them monopoly in order for them to operate and the way I sometimes it's just, big fail. sure and, yeah. and and the way I think about it is you know if you sort of make people visualize maybe a pyramid where you're like let's say governments on top the people are at the bottom and corporations sort of go up that way if we were to stepping say, on the people <laughs> stepping on the people yeah. sure but that's you know an interesting what metaphor if you um, if you have a corporation that's not protected by government license or monopoly then if you want to put it in democratic terms that means that I get to vote with my dollars so do I want to support Apple and have a nice iPad or do I want to support BAE and buy a missile to blow up people in the Middle East well I know where I want to spend my money so if you take government out of that equation within that then you actually truly can democratize the world through capitalism Hmm. you can say to people you know what democracy truly means is not i vote for you know candidate a or candidate b it's i vote with my dollars yeah and everyone is going to be wealthier and have more dollars if we do it this way because we're going to get rid of the parasitic class Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah um and jason i'm gonna steal all those lines carla 
<laughs> That's great. I, I also would recommend maybe check out some of uh, Sheldon Richmond's work over at FEE and uh, maybe some of the Alliance of the Libertarian Left materials. I know they have a lot of outreach stuff. So, Jason, thank you so much for the call, and good luck. Maybe some of us, uh, some of our listeners, and maybe some of us will join you on Wall Street. And this is Free Talk Live. You can call in with your thoughts, 855-450-FREE. Share your thoughts with us. More coming up with Kurt when we return. He wants to talk about technology. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. My name is Stephanie. And Carla. <laughs> yes, indeed. We are so glad that you've tuned in tonight. And we do appreciate you listening. Now, Carla, I need to ask you a question. What is the Free State Project? I told you it was your night off, but you're going to have to talk about it for about less than a minute, I would say. Okay, so (laughs) the Free State Project is a movement where we're trying to uh, concentrate a bunch of uh, libertarian or liberty-minded or anarchist people in the state of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Um, The way it works is there's a statement of intent that you can sign, and technically, and this is all, like, really boring, basically the bottom line is if you're into liberty, if you like what we're talking about, if you like what you see on free, you know, free, free team, team, on uh, freestateproject.org, Tally yeah. TV, uh, Coplock, like any of those um, independent media, uh, Ridley, mm-hmm. um, then come make New Hampshire your home. If you are a New Hampshire listener, and you agree with what we do because there are a lot of locals oh, I yeah. think that do actually listen to the show who do know what the free staters are doing in the state and who do support us. And Absolutely. you know what? We would love you guys to come out and to start to show your support because this is not about people moving into one place and to concentrating. Right. It, it's it's a concentration of people who share sort of certain ideas and ideals and values, I would say, mm-hmm. but it's not an issue of taking over the state. So we're yeah. trying to get a bunch of people into New Hampshire. We have over a 1,000 people who've already moved. Yep. I was going to say, if it sounds pie in the sky to you, check out freestateproject.org, and you will see the counter that uh, over 11,000 people have pledged to move to New Hampshire, and sure. more than 1,000 have have told the Free State Project that they moved. There may be even more. Oh, I'm sure. I'm confident there there are a bunch more than that. And mm. you know, basically, once you get here, as a you know, we sort of self-identify, and 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 other people will call us Free Staters. But obviously, once you get here, you're just you know, you're in New Hampshire, right? And yep. you're and, and you're part of a community. Really, yep. that's I think one of the best parts about the Free State Project is. The wonderful community of people here. So if you're into that, if you're into freedom, liberty, check out freestateproject.org and let's get some liberty in our lifetime. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do have a call holding very patiently on the line. Let's bring on Kurt in New Hampshire. I think Kurt wants to talk about technology tonight. Well, I, I'd hate to derail the mainstream of tonight's symposium. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, Kurt. Uh, anyway. 
someone brought up computer networking and the government and the Internet and all that, and I've got a wonderful yes. way to derail that. Okay. <laughs> it, was not, it was not a government success. The government actually didn't like the protocol that the Internet is based upon because it was too anarchic. Oh. It's being developed cooperatively by schmucks who are just on the side of the road. Yeah, who, who did they know who were doing it? What, huh. they, what the government was backing was the OSI model. Not mm -hmm. specifically what OSI stands for, but I'm sure someone can look it up easy enough. The OSI was an organization to design a computer networking environment that was going to be grand and wonderful and rule the world. And it was done by committee and by government mm -hmm. agencies. And mm -hmm. as you can imagine, got absolutely nowhere. Yeah, it sounds very top-down and very bureaucratic. The, uh, the universities and the research institutions and the really smart people who wanted to talk to each other were putting together this TCPIP thing yeah. by, by putting out requests for comment. Somebody mm. would say, I think it should work this way. And someone else would say, well, this fix it by doing that. And someone else would go, well, I, I wrote a program to do that, and here's how it works. Wow. And they were all just cooperating together and making this thing called TCP, and it works rather well, but it's very sloppy. But not when you some... smoke it. <laughs> I think that was TCP, not THC. But, uh, yeah, one of the first oh, things I that said PCP. Oh, God. sorry. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that was one of the uh, first examples of crowdsourcing, right, Kurt? Um, perhaps, perhaps. I, oh, I we have some... We actually have some research. One of our producers uh, says it's open systems interconnection is, is what OSI stands for. So that was the protocol that essentially was too top-heavy top and went nowhere, right? Well, it, it, it's very useful to talk about the layers of the OSI design because it breaks things apart rather cleanly into different areas, like the wire itself and then the, the, the signal across the wire and things like that. But if you can imagine, that's all they accomplished. They didn't right. actually get to talking between computers at all. All they got was the model built, and then the whole thing fell down of its own weight. Wow. Interesting. So when someone says, well, the, the government designed the Internet, no, they didn't. There were some government research institutions involved, but it was the scientists there who did it. The government didn't want it. They wanted OSI, and it failed miserably. Interesting, Kurt. That's that's a very uh, fascinating piece of history that I did not know because I'm not that particular brand of geek, but I certainly still appreciate it. <laughs> Anything else got, on your I mind? Got very, I got what? very lucky. I was working at NASA uh -huh. back in 1992 when uh -huh. the Internet was opened. And I, I honestly think it was because Al Gore got elected and the scientists involved realized, oh, my God, he's going to destroy this. We'd better free it up now while we still can. Oh, wow. So wow. Open the gates of the internet and let commercial traffic use TCP/IP. Hmm. And what we have now is all because of that. They let it out. They lay open Pandora's box. <laughs> and you know, Science Foundation did the one time that I can say that the government let go of something, and here we are. And I think, you know, I, I think Pandora's box is not an inapt term. I mean, I actually yeah. think that is entirely accurate in the sense that they had no idea what this would become because, you know, when, when we talk about people who want to interact in a voluntary society, the technology that we have these days is actually allowing us to do that. And if you apply Moore's law, Moore's law, you know, mm -hmm. the, the doubling of things, I see that actually happening, I think, with freedom, 
because of <laughs> wow. the internet. Yeah. I do, because I think those things are going together. And, you know, people talk in, in lip service about ideas of bulletproof and, you know, we um, it's a battle for ideas. And it's so, for so long, the information that we were given was limited and if you were interested in some kind of subject you had to go you know to the library to the library <laughs> yeah. or to the bookstore or and ask the authority figure I right? mean just think about how how much more free we are because of search engines yes. because we can go I am interested in this subject and I can put these words in and I can get hundreds of thousands if not millions of resources that will teach me more about this particular subject mm. and you know when Hillary Clinton last year said oh uh, we have lost the information war I mean she came out and she said it it was like a two-day news piece, and we never heard about it again because I was like, oh, my God, she spoke the truth once. <laughs> I mean, she probably got smited. Wow. Lou, Lou Rockwell talks about actually using a ditto machine to run off copies of things to mail to people. And, the, oh, I just found out about you. I'd never heard about you before. And now that happens every single day. Someone will show up at the Mises mm. Institute saying, I just heard about all this. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Where were you 20 years ago? <laughs> well, there was no internet 20 years ago right yeah wow so interesting and I, I really like what you said Carla and Kurt thank you so much for the call that was really interesting information um, it, it was so interesting Carla what she said about the doubling of freedom Moore's law is applied, applied to freedom and I think that's totally true back in the day you had to go to a bookstore and now it's right at your fingertips free talk live 850 uh, sorry 855-453 more when we come back this is free talk live Live. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Carla. Yes, indeed. And always able to find us over at freetalklive.com. It's one of the biggest websites in the talk radio world and the liberty movement. And they've got a page where you can help promote the show at promote.freetalklive.com. Got some free flyers to print out, web banners, all kinds of other vector scalable graphics. Anything that you could want if you are interested in helping to promote Free Talk Live, and we certainly do appreciate that. Meantime, you can call in also with your thoughts at 855 453 3733. 855 453. See what we did there? That was a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, indeed, and it, it, it goes with Free Talk Live. So. I did want to jump into this other story that we had tonight, Carla, uh, kind of touching on the same police state theme that we discussed earlier in the show. And this happened in Roswell, New Mexico. And the story... <laughs> what, I'm sorry. What's so funny? Is it because of the X-Files or something? Sure. Isn't that, well, isn't that where the aliens landed? <laughs> Are we really talking about aliens? <laughs> sure. You know, I'm re-watching the X-Files now. You know, I remember watching them in the 90s. Oh, my God. It's a really good show. Like, I am, um, you know, we watched it, and, and 
you guys know, but some of our listeners might not, but I'm from South Africa originally. Mm-hmm. Which you are African-American. I am African-Asian <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> and I have a mind of my own. That's right. It says so on your shirt. But, and you can see that at cam.freetalklive.com. But anyway, so you've oh. been watching Vax Files. Yes. Sure. Does this relate to freedom? Uh, actually, the entire X Files, I think, was written pretty much from a libertarian perspective, and I think it was Gary North, you know, who writes a lot for um, Lou Rockwell. Uh, it, it was either him or someone else. So yes, take that with a grain. But um, who's who recently wrote something and said, you know what, this is the best show that has ever been made that explores sort of government corruption, huh. government coercion. And I was like, God, you know, I should really rewatch that. And I'm loving it. Interesting. So th- when you watched it before, was it maybe you didn't have the perspective on liberty that you have now? Or you just didn't notice it or what? I mean, I think I had the perspective where I was like, everything I was watching was making sense. But this was, you know, early 90s. I was still back in South Africa. Like, we were just mm. excited that we actually had, like, a cool American TV show that yeah. was showing on television. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that I think we were just more sort of astounded by, wow, you know. Well, and that, that actually relates to the theme that we've been discussing all night, the police state theme, because I know that you left South Africa because you really felt the government encroaching on it, everything that you were doing, and it and really was truly a police state, right? Yeah, it, you know, uh, people are often shocked to learn that in South Africa, we only got our first televisions in 1978, mm. and that was planned by the apartheid regime. They did not want people mm. to have access to information, which is something mm. that television gave us before we had television, uh, internet. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same sort of thing you know it's every 20 years there's this disruptive technology and of course television (laughs) for you guys you know it's been around since you know at least the 50s i guess Uh and um and yeah so 78 television introduced we had four hours of tv Mm -hmm. um all of it government controlled. Wow. The news actually. So there was nothing except for those four hours a day. Yeah, it would start wow. at 6 o'clock and it would end at 10 o'clock. I would have that test pattern at the start of, wow. you know, the time. Interesting. There was an hour of news. They only reported international news because they could not talk about the things that were happening in South Africa. So that's wow. people are always like, why do you know all these random things? I'm like, well, you know, I actually watched the first, you know, um, the, the conflict between an, uh, Iran and Iraq wow. um, yeah. back then because, you know, or the Falkland Islands or whatever, because we would be shown all these other wars because God knows they wouldn't talk about the border wars, the things happening in the townships. Yeah. And they literally had, like, news. They had a newsreader. I mean, this is almost like, you know, Monty Python-esque or out of not the 9 o'clock news. Or they had a newsreader who had a telephone on his table. <laughs> and if they re- started reporting on something that was not kosher, the phone would ring. And they really? would, like, you know, go to, please stand by, we have a problem, and then come back and just report on something entirely different. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That seems like it's really obvious that it's becoming a police state. But well, the thing wow. that was interesting is I think everyone in, in, in everyone knew they were living in a police state. And mm-hmm. that's sort of, that's almost the, I think that's the tipping point that still needs to happen in America. Yeah, is, because some people in America believe that they're free still. I oh. mean, some people don't, but... 
No, but a I lot think of people most do. people do. I think the people, I think the people who are, and sadly, it's often the people who are informed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the people who read the New York Times and you know every day and you know can speak intelligently. A lot of them, a lot of them know that there's a lot of um, violence going on and a lot of targeting of people for completely irrational stuff. But they think, well, it could never happen to me. Right, because I don't know if they're insulated by their social status or class or whatever, but it can happen to anyone. And I think that's a great lead into the story that I wanted to uh, discuss tonight. So the the headline from KRQE um, in over in New Mexico is "Couple in Shock After Drug Raid." DEA agents didn't find who they were looking for. Uh, so Roswell, New Mexico, a massive drug raid in Roswell last week targeted dozens of people at homes across the city. So lots of different people at homes across the city. Uh, for, but one of those homes didn't have what police were looking for, and their unexpected visit left the people inside shaken and upset. Well, I would assume that anyway, anyone who was in a house that suddenly got raided, you know, uh, would be shaken and upset. And oftentimes these SWAT team, teams will kill animals and stuff to kill the family dog. And, of course, if you react in any way when they shoot an animal right in front of you that maybe you really love... Uh, that gives them reason to really crack down on you even more. So it's uh, it's a really sad state of things. Uh, okay, the article continues. It started shortly after Nancy Parker's husband came home from work Friday evening. Uh, quote, there came this huge bang on the door, the front door. Sounded like the door was going to fall in, recalled Parker. She said her husband opened the door to multiple officers in raid gear with guns drawn. Now picture this. I want to I want to just. Uh, Put this plant this seed in people's minds if they're listening to our show right now. And of course, you can call in if you have thoughts 855 450 free or 855 450 3733. I would like you to imagine what you would do if this happened to you. How would you feel? How would you react if you heard a really loud knock on the door, threatening sounding knock, and then all of a sudden, when you opened the door, there were several, uh, multiple police officers dressed in SWAT gear uh, with guns drawn, pointing guns at you, oh, guns out, you know. I mean, uh, I couldn't imagine a scarier situation, um, and it's about to get worse, too. Quote, we were completely shocked, upset, she continued. I was panicked because I've never had anything like this happen to us before. She said the officers demanded to come inside her home, and my husband asked, do you have a warrant? Who are you looking for? And they said, Gerald Centel, Parker said. We don't even know this person. So they're knocking on her door with a warrant looking for some guy that she doesn't know. Uh, and this happens all the time. They botch the addresses on the on the houses that they're raiding. Uh, I think there's a website. I think it might be endthedrugwar.com or the agitator, Radley Belko's blog, that says that there is a drug raid. If you average out the number of drug raids in the U.S., uh, it comes out to be a drug rate every 16 seconds in the U.S. Wow. So this this kind of stuff and worse is happening every 16 seconds in the U.S. on average. So uh, I just can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, what do you do in a situation like this? You really have no choice but to comply if you want to keep your life and your freedom. But they're doing things to you that really are not uh, meeting your needs for respect or autonomy choices anything at all so and and you know and and sadly and and this is almost where like the people have just so lost their their 
train of what's right and what's wrong. I think it's most people will hear a story. I think most people will hear a story like this and think, well, there must be some good reason they're going into their house. There must be some good reason the SWAT team's at the door. And well, you know, sometimes they make a few mistakes, but overall they're doing a good thing. Well, we're going to be discussing why they are not doing a good thing overall coming up on Free Talk Live. Call us with your thoughts, 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. back to the show. I'm so glad you've joined us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Carla. Yes, indeed. And uh, <laughs> interesting show tonight, Carla. We've been talking about a lot of police state news, kind of trying to ask our listeners the question of, you know, what would you do if you were in this situation, a botched drug raid? Uh, it's so frustrating to me, and it's so, uh, I feel so trapped, you know, at a place where there's a drug raid that happens every 16 seconds in the U.S. It just feels like this really could happen to me. You know, a lot of people think that it couldn't. So we've been scanning a, a very wide gamut tonight of, of topics, but most of them having to do with kind of the police state. And uh, I do want to make sure we get to a call that's been waiting on the line very patiently. I think we have Abel on the line, who is... Not driving, but moving in a vehicle, and he wants to talk about the Utah Monetary Summit. <laughs> Abel, are you here? I, as everyone pretty much knows, I only travel. So. Okay, and what's the difference between driving and traveling for our listeners who might be thinking that? Well, uh, actually, uh, driving is a commercial activity. Okay, and does this get at the... Um, the whole, I guess, legal theory. I'm trying to say this in a nice way. I was going to say conspiracy theory, but because, it, you know, we we did have somebody call into the show in the past, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to disparage you at all, but that there was somebody who called in the past and said that this whole theory that talks about uh, when people say that they're traveling, not driving, and when they say there's like a CCL or something like that, they there's some magic words that they can say in court. Um, we had an attorney actually call the show and say that this was not uh, current case law and it's based on very old precedents and essentially if it works, it works because the judge just gets sick of you and gets annoyed <laughs> and throws the cases out. So I don't know uh, I don't know if any of that well, appeals you to know, you, Abel. <laughs> uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the truth is, is that the, the government is no longer protecting rights and one of our rights was absolutely a right to travel by the common. Uh, mode of travel of the day. I, I completely and, agree with you, Abel. I mean, I think human beings have the freedom of movement, and that's been one of the universal kind of human rights that's been recognized by many different documents. And so 
I think things like licensing cars and drivers and stuff like that and uh having border. to get molested in order to get on the airplane oh, or yes. you know and uh, a lot of the immigration laws that are really cumbersome I think those all contribute to restricting basic freedom of movement but uh but what was on your mind about the Utah monetary summit tonight Abel? Well, uh, myself and Walter Reddy have traveled out there and are on our way back, and uh, we attended that uh, uh, said uh, conference, and uh, and it was a full, long day of of all kinds of information. It was attended by many uh, other state uh, representatives, state uh, uh, uh Members of the House and Assemblies and whatever. And what were they? What were they meeting to discuss? Well, to, to discuss, you know, what what Utah has already done, which is uh, passed a, uh, a money competition bill, which allows uh, people to use uh, gold and silver U.S. minted coins mm-hmm. as tender, mm-hmm. without there being a a taxable action. And, uh, you know, so that, you know, Interesting. you know, because, you know, the, they want to control everything by, you know, turning in the sales and purchase of gold into, uh, you know, these actions. And when they're inflating, uh, you know, and printing so many dollars to, to the effect of uh, value thereof, uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you almost always, sell your gold or silver for more, you know, several... More than the face value, typically, right. Yeah, so I mean... More than the face value, but I mean more than what you purchased it for because of of the, you know, the hyperinflation that we're probably going to embark embark on uh, in in the not-too-distant future. But, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, so basically they want to turn their activities of destroying uh, the dollar into... Uh, into a taxable activity, uh, mm-hmm. and, and this eliminates some of that in Utah, at least. Uh, you know, it can't change the federal uh, misapplication of tax law. But uh, yeah, so so do you think that this is going to essentially solve the um, monetary problem in Utah? Or do you think it's going to spread beyond Utah? What are your speculations? Well, I, you know, the fact is is that there were many uh, legislators from many states that are interested in the same thing. Uh, there are people introducing bills. Actually, Ron Paul has introduced a bill in uh, in the uh, federal Congress to uh, to do the same thing as uh-huh. uh, House Bill 1098. Which, and, uh, uh, which able, you know... Which, which, it's, it strikes me as something that is, is a very smart tactic, and this might be something that, you know, someone like Jason Talley, who called earlier, it's something to keep in mind from a perspective of communication and all of that, is Ron Paul has sort of changed his tune, not in the sense that he's been inconsistent or anything, but instead of saying we need to do away with X, Y, and Z, he's taking the approach, I think, lately of saying, 
Let's just allow competition. Uh And I think that is a very, very smart tactic when you're dealing with people because suddenly instead of attacking something or saying we need to disband something that people, you know, for whatever reason cling to or feel an allegiance to or any of those things, instead of that, you take their wind out of their sails by saying, no, you can totally have. You you want the U.S. dollar, you have have it, Mm -hmm. have it. Just allow me to have this, or let's try this too and see how it works. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a very compelling way to get people to shift their paradigms. Yeah, I completely well, agree. If, if anybody cares about things U.S., and I'm not particularly one of them, meaning I, I the federal government has lost my complete, you know, any kind of support. I, the others, others still think that there's something to save there. And and those people I say <laughs> right. you know, I say, well, you know, you know, one thing you're going to have to do is you're gonna to have to take that US dollar and have that removed from anything called a Federal Reserve note. <laughs> because you know, I mean you're gonna to have to create an, a new reality for that or or otherwise, you know, the the country the federal government, you know, and the dollar go together, and when, they, yeah. when one goes down, the other will go down. And, yep, uh, interesting stuff, yeah. Abel. Thank you so much for the summary, and thank you for the call tonight. We do appreciate that update. Yeah, uh, it is, I, I, getting back to what you said, Carla, about the uh, competition aspect, I think that I don't know. Anyone who has a good product, you know, uh, that product should stand on its own merits. And ideas, too. This goes with ideas as well. If your idea is valid, if you have good logic and sound reasoning to back it up, then it should stand on its own merits. It shouldn't need to be enforced by monopoly. People shouldn't be forced to adopt it. Uh, You know, if it's great, it'll do well on its own. Sure. (laughs) And, And, you know, if it's a great idea, people will choose, choose, voluntarily choose to support Ideas, And that is why government ultimately is, you know, it's a monopoly on violence. That is all it is. Yep. Because we are not allowed to choose any kind of other option. And if we do, they come knocking on your door. Absolutely. All right. One more call before we round up the end of the second hour, I would say. This is Dr. Jones in British Columbia. He wants to talk about driving versus traveling. What's on your mind, Dr. Jones? Well, I just wanted to mention a few points, um, namely that, you know, if you had some attorney say, well, that's not good case law, blah, 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 you know, that's really a problematic uh, thing to say because, you know, we've had a whole evolution in the United States of un- not understanding the basis of the Constitution, not understanding the difference between freedoms or liberties and rights and not understanding that well, I, th- I think, Dr. Jones, I think what this person said was that it's uh, this this idea that, you know, you can kind of get around these driving regulations by citing certain case law, as he understood it, was based on older uh, precedents that were from before the time when people were required to have driver's licenses. And so, uh, right, I understand you. Okay. But that, 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 doesn't, that uh, doesn't obviate the point. The issue is this. Um, I'm just doing analysis right now of perhaps you're familiar with that case in Florida where the man got released or not released yet, but he, his habeas appeal was granted. No, I'm not Florida familiar. Law. Can you give a recap for our listeners? Yeah. Florida law eliminates mens rea out of all drug crimes. So basically it makes all drug felonies strict liability. So if you, if you possess cocaine or what have you, 
you're guilty. Okay? Okay. The, quick, quick, the wrap it up. We're coming up on the end of the segment. Okay. So the theory is that that violates, um, you know, common law ideas of, of, of rights. And that, so it's been enforced forever, but now all of a sudden one judge says, oh, wait a second. I have to go back and look 100 years and say, yes, it does Dr. Violate. Jones, thank you so much for the call. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We are kicking off Hour 3, and I'm so happy to be here tonight. I'm Stephanie. And Carla. Yes, indeed. And I need to let you know about something important. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com. They are family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low that they can't be mentioned on the air. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick and get it from manventureoutpost.com. Manventure, the unmentionables. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes, for all your primal needs, I guess you could say, right? All the caveman stuff. Anyway, Free Talk Live, we are happy to be back on the air. And I want to start off Hour 3 with... Another interesting story, we, you know, we talked a little bit, Carla, in the last segment about freedom of movement and, and freedom of travel, and we touched on a couple of ways that the government restricts this thing that some people consider a basic human right, right, the, the ability to move around freely, and, tr- you know, driving, driver's licenses, all those uh, regulations play into restricting freedom of movement. The TSA, as you mentioned, with their groping hands and roving eyes, wanting to search through all your bags and all your person, all your personal folds, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, and also we talked about immigration, and I would like to read another story that I have been saving for tonight. I think this is kind of interesting and telling about the ways in which uh, government kind of interferes with people's lives who weren't necessarily born here in the U.S. So the headline is from foxnews.com. Reports of his, Hispanic students vanishing from Alabama schools after immigration ruling. Birmingham, Alabama is the dateline. Hispanic students have started vanishing from Alabama public schools in the wake of a court ruling that upheld the state's tough new law cracking down on Im- illegal immigration. Education officials say scores of immigrant families have withdrawn their children from classes or kept them home this week, afraid that sending the kids to school would draw attention from authorities. Wow. Uh... That's a big statement to me. They are afraid that just their kids being at a public school where the government has purview, right, because the government controls all the schools, public schools. Sure. Right. That's what they want to do. You control the school. You get them when they're young, right? Control their mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who was it that said, give me a child until they're seven and you can have them for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that statement holds very true because so many people are indoctrinated with love of the state and love of the government uh, when they go to public schools. I mean, think about it. You say the Pledge of Allegiance all the time. You have cops walking down the hallways. You have military officers that come into the school and they're treated as heroes. And um, you have government class where you learn about how government works. You have history class where you learn about historical governments. And, I mean, it's, it's all about love for the state and the whole structure of things like that. And, of course, it's a very authoritarian environment as well. 
putting aside the you know the statism that's present therein, it's a place where you have to ask to go to the bathroom. Yep. Uh, a basic bodily function. It's a place where you must sit still in your chair and say nothing, essentially. Um, so it's no wonder that so many kids grow up to be docile and obedient people who don't really question much about the status quo, right? Uh, and, and so I, I think it's funny that these parents, it, it's not funny, it's uh, ironic, sad, I, whatever you could say about it, uh, that they're too scared to even send their kids to school and have their kids just sit there and be brown, right? right. Because they think that might arouse suspicion. And, you know, I bet that there are some people in this uh, group that's not sending their kids to school because they're afraid who are not illegal immigrants. You know, they're just they're immigrants who have come here and are just basically brown and well, are and, 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 and being targeted. My, my understanding of that Alabama law is actually that it's so draconian that it not only is... You know, oftentimes what will happen is you have illegal immigrants, and then the second generation, their children, are born in America. They are legal American citizens. Uh-huh. Um, but this Alabama law actually says that if they, even if you as the student are a legal immigrant, uh-huh. if your they parents, can still the parents are, yes. Oh, and so wow. it's actually, you know, it's it's sort of people going, you know what, we've just got to not, interface with with this violent yeah. well in in some senses i think maybe this is good for the kids right because i'm sure they don't want to be there in these schools where they're really tightly controlled and told what to do all day and just sitting there in this kind of domination yeah. paradigm right where there are all these adults lording over them but but sadly i mean i think for probably a lot of immigrants it's an issue of you know you have this sort of idea of the american dream and i'm going to come and mm-hmm. i'm going to go to school and i'm going to get straight a's and i'm going to go to this university and i'm yeah. going to get this degree and i'm going to because that's sort of not only the the language and the sort of society that we've created in america but that is what we market to the world i Uh mean that is what america sells to the world so they talk about the american dream yeah they talk about you know oh you know think about all the tv shows that you see that sort of talk about school it's you know it's you're either the rebel <laughs> without a cause, <laughs> or you're, you know, the good obedient person, you know, with your head in life. Our gold star, because <laughs> right. it is shoot talk. <laughs> right. You know, or you're sort of, you know, trying to to um, challenge that. Yeah, yeah, or or fit into that yeah. sort of society. And I think for a lot of immigrants, sadly, that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, it's just it's just unfortunate. You know, I do know some people who are maybe like second-generation immigrants whose parents sent them to private schools because they thought that they would get a better education that way. And they worked their butts off to pay for that, you know. And it's just so unfortunate because they are forced to pay property taxes. And not everyone can afford to send their kid to private school right. because of that. So we do have a call on the line. I think it may be a little bit of a change of topic, but this is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves <laughs> at 855-450-FREE. Let's go to uh, Dieter in New York and wanting to talk about the occupation of Wall Street. East Ridge. Excuse me? <laughs> uh, Dieter, we're going to put you on hold. I think we may be having some problems with your... <laughs> Phone line. I, I can quite understand what uh, the caller was. Okay, the caller dropped off. So, uh, 
Okay. <laughs> Anyways, let's go back to talking about about the uh, immigration thing. So, Carla, as you mentioned, um, this ruling from the Alabama, uh, what is it, the Supreme Court or some, some court in Alabama, higher court ruling, um, upheld some uh, state action that allowed them to target parents who are illegal immigrants based on uh, their children being registered in public schools, even if the children are legal or so-called legal, because really, I don't think any human being is ever accurately described as illegal, right? Well, you know, and and it raises exactly that question is, you know, if we move away from the paradigm of nation states or, you know, I, I... I, as an immigrant who came to America, I won a green card in the lottery, so I'm here legally. Yeah. I'm now an American citizen and all of that. But it, I had to jump through all the hoops and whistles, and it's complicated. Yeah. And it, does I, it cost a lot it, of money? It costs a lot of money. And it cost a lot of money back in, what, 1990s? or Yeah. 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 And imagine how much it costs 20 years later oh, today. Oh, sure, sure. Know. And, you know, uh, it's, it's this whole idea. I, I think about immigration as um i mean it's 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 russian roulette by birthright yeah so stephanie you were lucky enough to be born on this little patch of land in this area and i was lucky or unlucky enough to be born on this patch of land somewhere else you know and you had we had no control over where we happened to be born right and so the only thing that should unite or divide people is what their their thoughts are their uh, their philosophical views Mm -hmm. um what they want to achieve in terms of the things um, that their economic Mm -hmm. in other words the things that they're responsible for and the things that they can control in their own life and the things that they chose right with with their volition and their will and and, and, I mean I think if someone chooses to walk over a desert because they want a better life Mm -hmm. for themselves or their children to have this sort of artificial idea of you walked over this line and therefore you know I have the right to arrest you to shoot you to do these heinous things to people it's just Mm. absurd it's such a of con- construct and uh, we'll discuss this more coming up when we return this is free talk live if you have thoughts about illegal immigration share them with us at 855-450-FREE this is free talk live more about immigration coming up Sticking with us tonight. My name is Stephanie and Carla. Yes. And uh, want to let you know about something very cool. Vapor Smiths. Are you a cigarette smoker? Well, Carla used to be one, right? Yes, but I quit a year uh-huh. and a half ago, and I'm still chewing the Nicorette gum. Well, congratulations on quitting. Uh, I think that will uh, be in the interest of your health long term. And if you are also Interested in transitioning away from cigarettes? Perhaps an e-cigarette could help you do that. I know it has helped a lot of people here in New Hampshire kind of move away from cigarettes, smoke less, or quit smoking altogether. And, uh, you know, Vaporsmiths.com is a good place to get e-cigarettes and uh, e-cigarette supplies. They have a pretty cool promotion right now, whereas if you buy uh, 40 cartomizers and use coupon code FTL, you can get a free starter kit and free shipping 
And you can get that by calling 855-2-GET-VAPOR or going to vaporsmiths.com. And an interesting fact, a, a, fact, a, um, a pack-a-day smoker of cigarettes, conventional cigarettes, can save $120 a month by switching to e-cigarettes. So probably will pay for themselves if you smoke a pack or more a day after, uh, after some time goes by. So interesting stuff. We were talking about immigration in the last segment, and I think it's an important topic to come back to. Um, of course, if you have thoughts on this subject, feel welcome to call us at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. And that is, of course, a reference. The, the word free in our call-in line is, of course, a reference to Free Talk Live, which is the name of the show. And that is, uh, that's who we are. <laughs> what more can I say? <laughs> Get a little tripped up there, but that's okay. So, Carla, we were talking last segment about this Alabama court ruling that has frightened some parents half to death, and they are choosing not to send their kids to government schools, which is kind of a mixed blessing, because as you said, some of them, it's the only way they can get an education, but government schools can often be pretty police statish environments. And so see, this ties in, we, we are bringing it full circle. Yes, this ties into what we've been discussing all night long on Free Talk Live tonight, which is the, the theme of the police state, right? And so... I don't know. I think when people are afraid to send their children to school uh, based on their appearance, basically, because if the children don't look Caucasian, I'm guessing that their parents might be more likely to get targeted. And I think this is also just part of a larger trend, I guess you could say. I've heard a lot of stories in the news recently about children doing things at school or maybe not showing up to school or, I don't know, so-called misbehavior on the bus or something like that. And before they know it, their parents are hit with criminal charges from the government. Now, I think that parents are responsible for their children, but should a parent be thrown in jail because of something that they have no knowledge over and when their kid is maybe at an age when the the kid can control their own behavior and knows what they're doing? Well, one, of course not. And secondly, I mean, the the lunacy of, you know, people, you know, things that used to just be, you know, it was a little rumble on the school bus or it was this or that, mm-hmm. i.e. where human beings were just interacting with whatever was their actual environment and their reality. So the school bus driver may have taken care of something, a teacher may have stepped in. All of these things have changed and it's escalated into this authoritarian sort of um, control. So suddenly mm-hmm. you're, you're issued a ticket. You're, you yeah. know, um, sense a subpoena. You're, you know, it's, it's and it's all part of this paradigm of so-called justice, which really does not conform to my definition of justice. It's all about with the state. It's all about punishment. It's all about uh, smacking you if you get out of line, basically giving you a noxious um, consequence for d- disobeying what they would like you to do. And it's not about, it's, it's so, drifted so far away from restitutive or restorative justice, which is, I think, what we really should be focusing on. Sure. Do you agree? Sure, yeah. And, and I mean, I think with that, the reason for that is because you can more easily control people yeah. through fear. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, that's, that's their ultimate goal. It's to control people and to get obedience. It's not to restitute a victim. It's not to make someone whole who was harmed. 
it's uh, it's enriching themselves and by themselves, I mean the government and and getting compliance. Really. Right. You know, it's a, a submit submit citizen is all they want. You know, and it's sort of I always look at it as this. You know, it's this this organism of you know it's it's like this pitch black thing and it's just feeding like a you blob know. yes the blob is coming mm-hmm. and the more fear you can have the more control you can have and you know it's just sort of circle back to a few segments ago i mean this is something i saw in south africa which yeah. to me you know makes it so real to see it here you know i moved to america and i was like oh it's going to be awesome my life is going to be so wonderful and free and the American Oh, how dream. ironic. And, and then you been realize, slipping away. you know, you, you know, I came here and, and the realization was sort of seeing those cops on the corners in New York City after 9-11 with mm. submachine guns and Alsatian police, German shepherd dogs barking. And I mean, it was just so reminiscent of, mm. you know, South Africa in the 80s, and yeah. all they did in the 80s is they were like, the terrorists are coming, the terrorists are coming, you must watch out for the terrorists. They would do all these things at school, you know, they would set up smoke bombs in the school as a fire drill and pretend like, wow. you know, this is a fire drill, but you're 14 years old and you're like, well, there's smoke bombs, so you're going to think, you know, if they set off the fire drill, that there's a real fire. Yeah, so it's and, and often terrifying. That is absolutely so it's like, horrifying. Who is terrifying? Who is the terrorist? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's a really important question for our listeners to ask themselves. I mean, we've heard stories where they have done uh, real, very realistic seeming terror drills in school, in schools where they don't tell the kids what's going on and the kids come home and they have petrified. They have post-traumatic stress disorder yes. and they, you know, I think there's a, there's a case now where a bunch of parents, you know, and this would be an interesting to follow, uh, interesting thing to follow up on, where a bunch of parents were like, this is crap. Yeah. We're going to sue the school. I mean, they had yeah. A terror drill exactly like that, where yeah. they set off, you know, that they sent in a SWAT team, I yep. think. They sent in a SWAT, SWAT team, and they told the kids to put their heads on their desks and stay in the classrooms. And, of course, that's probably the, the worst thing to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, of course, that's probably the, the worst thing to do if there was actually a real school shooting or whatever. Sure. And I think they did make an announcement over the PA system, like, there's a school shooting Go on, get going on. Get in the classrooms and put your head down on your desk and follow all orders from authority figures. And that's what they did and and they didn't tell the kids that it was a drill and it wasn't real and that could be so scary i bet that will they will that will stick with, with them for the rest of their lives and you know getting back to this idea of of fear uh this article says more than 200 hispanic students withdrew just in montgomery county alabama the morning after this judge's ruling so these parents were really following very closely what the state was doing and they were scared with good reason and uh I think we have some calls that are maybe related to some of this. Matt in Illinois has been waiting on the line. Matt, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, actually, Matt, you know, hold that thought. I don't have music. <laughs> I do apologize for that. My timing was a little off, but when we return, we'll take Matt's call and see what he wants to discuss tonight. I think he had something on his mind about freedom to travel. And, of course, this is Free Talk Live. You can always call in with your thoughts at 855 453 More about freedom to travel when we return. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) 
I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live, welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Carla. Yes, indeed, and we are your hosts. FreeTalkLive.com has a lot of cool stuff. Including uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners. And Carla, guess what? We're on there, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> it, uh, it's meant to share uh, the, the love with the world, I guess you could say. <laughs> it's meant to show off the female listeners of Free Talk Live because uh, supposedly talk radio is typically a male-dominated thing. And so we like to show some female faces and uh, just kind of get So we're like double X but not triple X. Uh, I don't know. I might. Be Is that not a chromosome? Joke? <laughs> it's a chromosome it's a joke. Science joke. <laughs> I like it's the it. third hour. <laughs> it is the third hour. Yes, and uh, still time for your calls though. If you, if you make them at eight five five four fifty free, eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We're going to go back to Matt in Illinois. Matt, are you here with us? Yes, I am. Good evening, gentle ladies. <laughs> Good evening, Matt. So tell us what was on your mind about uh, the freedom to travel issue. Well, yeah, there, I, I do have something on my mind about that, but um, before, before I say that, I, just let me add to the, um, to the whole terrorizing kids in school. Uh, I'm 51 years old, and I remember having to duck under desks because they were... Mm threatening nuclear attacks from Soviet Russia at the time. And you want to talk about terrorizing kids? I had dream, I had nightmares about that. I remember nightmares that I've had about nuclear war oh, because yeah. of all the all the uh, the threats that that we were under at the time. Yeah, I know. I, I I've heard that sentiment from a lot of people, and just growing up in that age where you know. <laughs> they did tell you to literally get under the desks, and earthquakes are another thing that I've heard. There were earthquake drills in some of the schools in California back, uh, oh, geez, maybe in the 1980s is what I'm thinking of. But I've I've definitely heard uh, this theme before, and yeah, I think I, that oh, – go ahead, Matt. At, at least an earthquake or, or a tornado, because I'm from the Midwest, at least those are real – um, dangerous things that, that you can protect yourself of. But ducking and covering under a desk if a nuclear bomb goes off is not going to, it's not going to help you. It just yeah. doesn't help anyway. Yeah, so. I, I, that seems very logical to think that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, what I wanted to say was uh, earlier this evening you had a guy calling in and talking about, you know, things that you can do to the, to the, with the police and with the courts um, for, for you know, when you get a ticket, for instance, saying that you're a sovereign citizen and mm-hmm. therefore you're not subject to their rules and things. Yeah. And I just wanted to point out that, that the police, they, they do have guns. They're pretty much going to do what they want. And so are the judges. when they And it's yeah. really not going to matter. If, if they want to punish you, 
they're going to punish you, and it doesn't matter what you sit there and say or what's right or wrong or how it's supposed to work. Things don't always work the way they're quote-unquote supposed to. And yep. I'm sure Ian Freeman knows. Yeah, and Ian, for those who are not familiar, is uh, the typical host of Free Talk Live. Um, usually he's not on on Sunday evenings, but he is on Monday through Saturday, and uh, he can't be here right now because he's sitting in a jail cell. He received a very harsh 90-day sentence for something that I don't think really deserved any jail time at all. <laughs> he was basically... Um, he saw a woman being arrested who he didn't agree with her reason for being arrested. I think it was because she was a, had an open container in a park about 30 feet away from a restaurant where other people were openly drinking. And um, so Ian stood in front of the police car that was taking her away. And for that, he is now sitting in jail with his 90-day sentence. Um, and we hope that he will be um, he will be returning to the freer world <laughs> next weekend. So, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad he's finally going to be getting out. I hope that works out. But Yeah, I do too. And Matt, is there anything else on your mind tonight about no, the freedom was, to travel? No, that was about it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I understand why people, you know, they, they, they think that, well, if I say this or if I do that, then this is how the judge should react. Mm-hmm. But that's just not going to work if they don't want it to. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, they're the government and they're going to do what they want. I mean, justice in this country has become entirely arbitrary. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, I think if enough people keep doing these things and sort of calling it out and saying this way, you know, if more and more and more people do it, at least you're gumming up the system. And at least, you know what, when you go to jail, you go to jail with dignity. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's true. I'm I'm not saying that you should give up. I'm just I'm just making a point. Sure. Matt, thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, I completely agree with him. And it seems like the evidence points to uh, what Matt was saying being true in that uh, if they would like to get you for something, they will get you for something. And I don't know. I mean, it, it, it just seems like these magic words, these uh, these legal formulas for avoiding the licensing restrictions and regulations just really depend way too much on the system following their own rules, just as Matt said. So, And related to that topic, we did have a call earlier tonight from uh, Adam in New Hampshire, and there was a little bit of a miscommunication, So, and Adam's call ended up getting dropped, but we uh, encouraged him to call back because I did want to talk to him about this. He was actually the person who I mentioned had called in earlier on Free Talk Live a few weeks ago to discuss the whole freedom to travel thing. And I know that he has done some research on it, and he was essentially debunking it, as I understood. So, Adam, maybe you could call back if you're still listening, and uh, that would be an interesting perspective to have. So, Carla, do you have anything more to say about the kind of the fear that is used in government schools? Because we talked a lot about this immigration ruling and the parents being afraid to send their kids to school for fear of the parents being targeted and and we talked about parents being charged when their children don't show up at school or do something else that the bureaucrats want to punish them for. We talked about these terror drills. Um, 
What was it like when you were in South Africa growing up? Did you did you go to a government school or did you go? I, I did go to a government school, and I mean it was an all girls high school mm-hmm. um, at the stage where they were you know at this level of doing the drills and terrorism. We had um, compulsory military conscription as well. Wow! So um, wow. Not, not for women, but for men. And so you know, I remember like my first boyfriend when I was like a senior in high school. You know, he got his papers, and it was like, okay, how do you go about, like, getting out of this? People don't want to go and, you know, go go to border wars and have to kill people and do yeah. all of these horrible things. And I have a distinct memory, actually, and this is way back. This is probably when I was, like, eight, maybe, of... Um, there there being this like fear of terrorism in the newspapers and and both my parents actually worked for the government so like huh. i have both you know the yeah, perspectives yeah and it being this idea of there could be a bomb anywhere mm. you know which is one of the things that i find fascinating about america and sort of the way that they're looking at terrorism you know um so 9/11 happened it was a terrible tragic thing I don't condone it in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, uh, you know, the Department of Homeland Security is like, biggie, biggie, biggie. it must be, <laughs> you know, airplanes. It must be airports. And I'm like, look, if a terrorist, like if you're a real terrorist, go look at the history of terrorism. Go look at what the Sinn Féin did. Go look at, you know, what, what has happened in other countries. If there are really all these bad people who want to harm us for our freedoms, and that was giant air quotes, um, first of all, if they were harming us for our freedom, they'd be blowing up the Netherlands and Scandinavia, Mm because those are the free countries, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, and um, so, so we would have these things where it would be like, be afraid of mailboxes. Yeah. Because there would be bombs in mailboxes. Well, that's happened here, too. I mean, but there was... were never bombs in mailboxes. It was right. just like, be afraid of them. Or it would be... Well, they'll, they'll put out these press releases that say, uh, you should be afraid of this, or we've intercepted a potential threat in this area. And they make it really vague so right. that people's imaginations can fill sure. in the details. And we're creative people, you know, and we everyone reads stuff. And so your imagination is a hundred times worse than reality. <laughs> yep, don't let the fear take hold in your brain. You can always control that. This is Free Talk Live. Call us at 855-450-FREE if you want to get your thoughts in in the last segment. More coming up when we return. We're going to have Adam debunk the driving conspiracy. Stick around. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back. You are listening to Free Talk Live. And I'm your host, Stephanie. And Carla. As we launch into the final segment of tonight's show. But never fear, we'll be back every day of the week. Seven days a week, there's a live show, 7 to 10 p.m. And you can always find us on freetalklive.com in the meantime. If you are just craving liberty-oriented content, you can go there. And you can also go to lrn.fm to get... All different shows, not just Free Talk Live, but a mix of liberty-oriented talk. That's lrn.fm to find the Liberty Radio Network. So uh, (laughs) we were talking about freedom to travel and the kind of driving conspiracy, I guess you could say. And uh, I had mentioned that we had someone call in previously a couple weeks ago on Free Talk Live to debunk it. And I have to say that there's nothing I enjoy more than a good, thorough debunking. <laughs> so I'm going to bring Adam on the air. Adam, are you with us in New Hampshire? Hello, girls. 
<laughs> Hello. And uh, so what was on your mind tonight? Well, I, I actually called to talk about justice, but if you want to talk about the right to travel, few things get me as emotionally irate. <laughs> I, I like Adam. I'm one of those people who really enjoys calling BS on something that's BS. So um, we can talk about whatever you prefer, uh, as long as it'll fit in this one segment, because we've only got one left. <laughs> okay, well, just quickly, I, I wanted to know, what, how do you define justice? How do I define justice? Um, yeah, what is justice? That's a great question. Um, I think that it ties in with fairness, and I think there's uh, an essential part of justice is repaying or making amends for a wrong that was done or some way that someone was hurt. And I would add to that, I think that there is no such thing as universal justice or something that we can define that is going to be a one-size-fits-all. One mm-hmm. I actually think what justice is, is if you've been wronged and someone else has wronged you, figuring out within a voluntary society, of course, um, figuring out you know, what is going to make that reparation right. If someone shot my husband, I would want to kill that person. That's my idea of justice. Mm-hmm. And would you would you prefer to um, get some kind of reparations from that person? You know, like a financial payment, or he, maybe he buys you a house, or you get an insurance premium, or something like that. I, you know, I, I I'm not sure. I mean, I might actually be an eye for an eye kind of person. I, I I'm not sure that would be the case. And honestly, you know, if it came down to that, and I wasn't talking smack on air, I'd probably be like, yeah, okay. But I, I, I think, think justice is personal. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Carla. I think it matters what the victim wants, and you know, part of determining what's uh, what what is a what constitutes a harm is the concept of natural rights and sort of respecting people's natural rights to be free from aggression, especially to have their uh, you know bodily integrity uh, not violated. Right, uh, and these are all negative rights, kind of the rights to be left alone. Uh, and as opposed to being entitled to certain things, what about you, Adam? I know that you are an, an attorney, right? Is it okay if I say that in the air? Sure, too late now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what I think justice is. I think justice means law enforcement. Okay. And that's all. I don't think it means fairness. Uh, the Justice Department—they enforce laws. That's what they do. The justice system is the law enforcement system. And in a situation where the police take your camera and it's, that's actually against the law, mm-hmm. then you have injustice. But I don't. I I would not describe government people following their own rules and acting unfairly to oppress people as an injustice. Mm, because it's consistent with the legal framework that is uh, in in place today. Well, that's an interesting pick on it. Uh, I guess I'm thinking that, a little that, bit that more. That was almost like a double negative because in some ways, you know, whenever I write about the Justice Department or anything, I actually often call them the Injustice Department uh-huh. because I just feel as a department, there's very few things that they're, they are doing where they're actually helping people. I mean, let's let's break it down. Like 90%. It's not their job to help people, says Adam. Yeah. So, so I have a question, Adam. Is this? I think I was speaking of justice, uh, kind of philosophically, but is this uh, like a technical definition? Like I know in, in legalese, some words mean different things than they mean in typical English. So, I believe it's Aristotle's definition. Mm, okay. One of those Greek guys. So, what is? It, what do you call it when people's rights are respected? 
or what do you call it when there are reparations or restitution made for wrongs done? You can call that fair, fairness, equity, mm-hmm. uh, moral, moral rightness. Mm-hmm. Moral right, but not justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I, a lot of people, I think they use the word just when they mean fair. Well, I suppose mm-hmm. we're just arguing semantics. But uh, let's well, talk about to travel. Words are important, and they do have yeah. meaning, so I, I don't think it's... Uh, irrelevant to talk about. But, you know, I, I do want to just sort of go down the rabbit hole of the term of fairness. You know, I mean, I uh-huh. think one of the, the, the oh, quaintest and sort of... Um, <laughs> Did you know I am the most fair person in the world? And what does that mean <laughs> to you? I, I, I never do anything that's not fair, ever. And how do you define fair? Uh, I, we, based on the circumstances. I mean, you show me one circum- one situation where I've been in there and done anything... And I will explain to you why it was fair. But you see, now, here's the thing that's curious to me about fairness is it seems like, I, you know, it's probably one of those, those words that I, I, I always love when Nobody little... Nobody is opposed to it. You will never get anyone to say they are opposed to fairness. If you're a politician, <laughs> it's one of the best words you can use. Well, I well, support fairness, the, the fair tax, the... Uh, right. Wage. Well, it's so ironic that it's called a fair tax because how could any tax actually be fair? Right. That's the way I. Which is which is I, 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 Stephanie? I'll tell you how a tax can be fair because the word fair is a meaningless term. That's how. Exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. Like that's one of those things, you know, where little kids will go, but that's not fair. Uh-huh. Which just kind of means like, well, it didn't like work that. out the way I wanted it to work out, and you know, so it's a totally, yeah. in some ways, like a BS sort of concept because exactly. Exactly. there is no fairness in life. All there is is. Uh, you know, open communication, mm-hmm. um, working through the issues, and sort of coming to something where, you know what, sometimes when people, uh, you know, if, if uh, I mean, one of the things that intrigues me as, as an ex-lawyer, and, and Adam, I know you're a lawyer, and, you know, sort of the idea of how would, you know, in, in giant air quotes again, but, like, how would the justice system work, or how would, well, you know, well, and we all talk about... You, do, you, know, you know, there used to be two kinds of courts, the courts of law and the courts of equity, Right. Huh. And so, maybe you can explain better than I can. The equity courts were like the backup for when the law was too harsh and it huh. wasn't fair. You could go to the, okay, that was your legal decision. Try again in the court of fairness in the equity court. And now we don't have that anymore, but that's the way it was. Huh. I think we should just bring mud wrestling back. Really? Like uh, combat, maybe? What do you think sure. about that, Adam? <laughs> mud wrestling? Yeah. Uh, I'd be the judge of a mud wrestling match, I think. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know so I did, did, is there anything you wanted to say about the whole freedom to travel issue in the remaining moments of the show, Adam? I get so irate. And maybe every three or four months, somebody comes on the freaking forums with the acting like they discovered this unknown secret. They haven't tried it to get themselves, but they're sure it's true, and they're spreading the, the word. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of someone telling other people to do something that they haven't tried and saying Let me no. ask you this. Given the world, the information, Facebook, YouTube world we live in, do you really think that this sort of thing could work and there wouldn't be videos of people going, okay, here I am, this is John Smith, I am out here on Highway 4, and as you can see, I have no license plate on my car, now I'm going to drive by the roadblock, and, right. okay, they're pulling me over, <laughs> here, watch this. 
Hi, officer. Blah de blah blah sovereign. Blah de blah blah free man on the land. Blah de blah blah accepted for value. Uh, all rights reserved. And the officer goes, Oh, I had no idea. I apologize for the trouble. Beyond your right. sovereign. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, just, I think that video. I haven't seen it, and I think it's a, a fantasy. Because if it really existed, it would be such a wonderful thing, and I think someone would would want to share that, right? But uh, as some previous callers pointed out, it's kind of arbitrary. You know, judges will just get you if they want to get you. And any of the cases that have been thrown out, I think, and maybe you agree, Adam, that it's just been because they're so annoyed with you. (laughs) They just want you to get out of there. Who knows what... The judge makes a decision based on how he feels at the minute. Maybe he had a bad lunch, he just had a fight with his wife, whatever... Yeah. Can you can you ever get inside his mind and say, well, he did it because he knew about Rule 47B and yeah, he uh, was following well, I, the rule. He probably wouldn't admit it even if he did, right? He wasn't required to. And uh, Adam, thank you so much for the call tonight. It's been a really interesting discussion. This is going to do it for us. We've been Free Talk Live. You can catch us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, 24-7 listening streams, and all kinds of resources over there for your listening pleasure. I'm Stephanie. And Carla. And have a great night.